Well, good morning. What a, what a privilege it is for me to be here this morning. What a privilege. A little bit of background, I think, is, is required since it's my first time up here with a sermon. Um, April 2009, I stood right about there. I had been called to come in and, and just give a, a small talk, really what amounted, what amounted to be a, a small testimony. Um, and I called that testimony weight training, W-A-I-T training. And we had been going through some, some difficult times. Uh, I had made a couple career changes, had left a career that I'd been in for you know, better part of 20 years, got into something else and was trying to get back. And things seemed to be going well. There were several good opportunities that, that, that seemed to be just right. I was had interviews around the country and thought that things went well. And, but, but nothing was coming of those. And we knew that God was, was building us up. He was, he was building our faith. And God changed my direction. In September of last year, I was asked to uh, become part of the staff here at, at church. And what a blessing that has been. And what an awesome blessing to see what God's hand does upon our lives, how he directs us, how he moves us, and how that, that saying that you know hindsight is twenty twenty, and it's so true because you're able to, to look back and see, okay, so now I know why God did this and why God did that, why that, that door was closed and so forth. So here I am, my first Sunday. So bear with me, will you, please? Um, obviously, I'm going to bring some, some unique differences to the, to the podium. And I know my wife would give me wise counsel. She would say, Todd, not too much of your uniqueness, please. <laughs> no, but there's going to be some different things, of course, I'm, I'm going to bring because my, my life is different in, in, in ways of, of the other pastors. Um, I'm, I'm probably an above-average sports nut, okay? So this has been a tough week for me, a tough week. Um, I'm a Packer fan, and um, my brother, brother in the Lord, Jack, is, is, he's here. He's smiling. He's a, he's a Vikings fan, if you can believe that. And those of us here that are SC fans, well, last night was confirmation. It's going to be a long season. Uh, but I'm also a mountain biker, and, and uh, Barbara and I like to, my wife Barbara, we like to, we like to garden, so that's something common with, with Pastor Neil, obviously. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of challenged because there's no way that I'm going to have quite the colorful analogies that, that Pastor Neil is so famous for. You know, I mean, who can top, I mean, who can top, um, you know, poopy diapers and poopy attitudes? I'm just, I, you know, I... I just, I don't have it. But, you know, I was thinking this morning, I was thinking, you know, I do have two, we have two very large, very furry cats. And so there might be, there might be an opportunity to mix in a, a fur ball analogy somewhere. So might get close, might get close. Well, this morning we're going to talk about the in crowd. And you know what I'm talking about. We're talking about those folks that seemingly get past the, the velvet rope. They get led into all the special parties, the, the special events. They get to go on the inside. Well, 
God, he has an in-crowd also. He has an in-crowd also. And, and Paul, in the first part of Colossians 3, really outlines what it means to be in God's in-crowd, what it means to be in Christ. Join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. Thank you for the work that you will do in the hearts of, of, of us this morning, Lord. I pray for open hearts, open ears to what you would say to each one of us, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are going to look at Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. We have been raised in Christ. And, and so we need to talk about what this means exactly, being raised in Christ. Paul uses the connective word, therefore. I actually like another translation that says, since. So we can kind of look at this and say, since you have been raised in Christ. And so what we need to do is we need to, to look back, of course. You know, we need to look back what is being connected here. And, and Paul is, is telling us in chapters 1 and 2 what it means to be um, in Christ, what it means to be raised in Christ. Uh, verse 13 of chapter 1, it says, In the Son we have redemption and forgiveness of all sins. I'm paraphrasing here. Same chapter, verse 21 says, You were alienated and hostile, yet he has now reconciled you through death to present you before God holy and blameless and beyond reproach. And then in chapter 2, verse 13, he says, You were dead in your transgressions. He made you alive together with him, having forgiven all our transgressions. What Paul is doing is he's telling us what Christ did for us, what Christ did for us on the cross, and describes really what it means to be in Christ. Paul does a really good job in outlining this again in Galatians 2.20. And so what I'd like to do is is kind of walk through this process a little bit more uh, finely, if you may. I have been crucified with Christ, he starts out. And what that means is when I realized that, that my sin separated me from God, that I needed to turn, I needed to repent, I needed to turn to Jesus for salvation. And in doing so, I was spiritually, spiritually connected to exactly what Christ did on the cross. And it, and, and it imparted to me the same victory, victory over sin, victory over death, all of which was accomplished when Christ died, going on in verse uh, 20. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. My old self, the old Todd, my self-centeredness, my self-righteousness, my selfishness, those are things that, that died 
Those are things that, that went away. And now I am, I'm, I'm joined and I have the Spirit of Christ living within me. It's a new Todd now. Continuing on. And the life which I now live, I live in the... And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. The rest of my life, as long as I live here on this earth, I should be living according to faith in Jesus Christ. And then Paul ends, who loved me and gave himself up for me. I can trust. I can trust completely in Jesus because he loved me so much that he died for me. So that should give us a real clear idea of what it means to be in Christ. Paul is saying that since you died in Christ, you have also risen with Christ. So we use again this term in Christ to describe the new standing we have with God. And it's important that we understand that any and all connection we have with God is in Christ. This connection this new relationship we have with God, it has no beginning and it has no end. So it really transcends all space and time. And as I was thinking about this, I thought about the, the infinity sign. Um, Ephesians 1 says, God bless us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. In the mind of God, before, before time even began, he knew us. He knew us. The symbol of, that, that symbol of the infinity. Um, I started to think about it, and, I, and I, it has no beginning and no end. It keeps on going. But I, I kind of focus on the intersection. kind of distinguishes it from a circle which has no beginning and no end. And I started to think about it. What, what does that maybe represent? For, for us as believers, perhaps. And it's, it's, not, it's not the day we were born. It's not that. It's not the day we died. But it's the, the day that, that, that we, we believed in Jesus Christ as our Savior. That day we became saved. That day we, we, we became in Christ. And that intersection, that intersection only happens through God's grace. Second Timothy 1.9 says, the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, holy calling, not according to our works. We can't work for this, but according to his own purpose and his grace, his grace, which was in Christ Jesus from all eternity. So that's where I get. God called us to a life that has changed and he's called us to a holy life. Remember, a holy calling. And we can't attain this holiness on our, uh, of, of ourselves at all. But rather, the interesting thing is, is that holiness has already been accounted to us in Christ. In Christ. Our position in Christ is eternal. And our entire destiny is in Christ. Since you have been raised up with Christ, there are changes that occur. That new self in our lives. And Paul goes on in chapter 3 to give us a better description of what, what it means to be raised in Christ. What is this change all about? Um, so let's look at some of those. In, 
in chapter 3, um, he talks about our old selves, verses 5 through 7. He says, and I'm paraphrasing here, put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. He is telling us that these are the things that you used to do. This is the way that you used to live. That's the old self that, that, that we're talking about being raised out of. And we, be, we became dead to these things. He goes on in verse 8. It says, Rid yourselves of all such things, such as anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language. These are the things that used to be in us, commonplace. And then Paul shifts gears and he says, Okay, well, let's look at the new you, the new selves. He says, put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and image of its creator. It's important that, that we understand that, that this new self, the changes that are going to be taking place, it's, it's a work in progress. That's what he says, which is being renewed. He said, going on, he said, clothe yourselves in compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiving one another, and, and so important to be thankful. And then he ends in verse 23 saying, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. You see, it's our new selves that are going to be obedient to what God says. And we're raised in and, and, and that process that, that in terms of becoming the, the person that God has planned us to become, that starts to work within us. So we've been raised in Christ. We have a new perspective in Christ. The first half of verse 1, or I'm sorry, the second half of verse 1 and verse 2 says, Keep seeking the things above where Christ is. Going back to our passage in Colossians. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. The movie Dead Poet Society was an interesting movie. Um, if you remember it, uh, Robin Williams plays a, a new teacher at a very old, very old, very conservative, private, exclusive boys' school. And so he's addressing his, his new class, first day of school. And he, and he tells him, look, I want you to get out of your seats and I want you to get up and stand on top of your desk. And this was very unusual for this school and for this class. But what was his message? If you remember, his message was, you need a different perspective. You need a new perspective. And that's exactly what Paul is telling us to do here. He's telling us, keep seeking to be constantly searching with your heart the things that are above, keeping our eyes above. He continues, set your mind on the things above. The Greek word here for set is phroneo, which means to, to direct your mind, to, to be directing it above, concentrating on the things that are eternal and not, not on the things that are, that are of this, this world, not, the, not on the temporal things. Paul is exhorting us. He's exhorting us to grab hold of the new perspectives that we have in Christ, the new, the new selves, to look beyond what this world has in front of us. He's calling us to, to keep putting 
and keeping our eyes on Jesus. He's reminding us that Jesus is in heaven. He's no longer here on earth. We as believers, we, we often use that term. Well, I've, you know, I'm keeping my eyes on the Lord. I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus. And that's what Paul is telling us to do. On the flip side, we know what happens when we're saying, man, I got my eyes off of the Lord. Those are the times we, we perhaps stumble or get caught up. He says, so, you know, while we're here on this earth, he's not talking about having our heads in the cloud. You're, you're familiar with that old term or that old phrase that, you know, that Christian, he's, he's so heavenly minded that he's no earthly good. And that's not what Paul is talking about here. He's talking about the fact that we are no longer tethered, tied down by the things of this world, that we have a new perspective. When Paul says keep seeking, that seeking is a Greek word, zeteo. And it means to strive earnestly, strive earnestly. Um, and, and it is difficult, isn't it? We do need to strive at times. This, this, this world gets us down. We get tired, don't we? We get tired. And it, this world weighs upon us, and we, we tend to get our eyes on, on our circumstances, and understandably so, understandably so. And, and, we, and we let the problems around us kind of crowd out that new perspective. We are arguably coming into one of the most important elections uh, this country has ever had. And aren't we already seeing the barrage? By the way, the signs that are up there, if anyone has driven down Marguerite in La Paz, the corner, there's like three times as many as those signs at the corner. It's, it's incredible. But anyhow, we're, we're, we're getting faced with, with just so much stuff about this country. No matter what your party affiliation is, it doesn't really matter. We're, we're getting hit with it. And, you know, you've got CNN, you've got Fox on the other side. And, and, and isn't, isn't it so possible to just get sucked into the news program vortex? I mean, it's so, it's so true. But I'm, I'm not saying to put your head in the sand or, let's say, put our heads in the clouds. I, I, I want to be informed just as much as the, the next person. But there's that line that gets crossed from being, you know, well-informed to, to having, you know, your life being taken up by hours and hours of, of the TV talking heads, you know. And, and I mean, radio, talking ra- talk radio is like over the top. We need to be informed. And obviously, we need to, to be ready. And we need to, as Pastor Neil exhorts us many times from, from this pulpit, to, to be informed and go out and vote our conscience. And that's that's... Definitely what we should be doing. But we need to remember, and, and Paul reminds us, that, that our God is in heaven. He's in heaven. He's, he's on the throne. And as I thought about this, I thought, you know, God's up there and he's got this huge voting handle. And it's God who just pulls the handle and elects whoever in his sovereignty he wants to have elected. It's all according to, to his plan, his purpose. And I think we're going to have to really remember that as we, as we head into the last days, less than 30 days before the election. I think we need to keep our eyes focused on the Lord and remember that, that God is on the throne. In Psalms, Psalms 121, it's a, it's a great psalm for anyone that, that you know, is going through tough times. It says, I lift my eyes up to the mountains, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And I have this analogy, and actually, 
My wife's not here. She goes to the second service, but I can tell you right now, she's going to consider it a veiled attempt for me to, to gain more ride time on my bike. And I can assure you it's not. Um, on a good week, I've mentioned how I like to mountain bike. On a good week, I can maybe get a couple days on my bike on the road and then, and then one day to go romp around in the mountains. But when I do what I call my road loop, I, I go up, um, it goes through uh, Mission Viejo and through Rancho Santa Margarita, and I go up Santa Margarita Parkway, and on a clear day, the Saddleback Mountains are like right there in front of me, almost on top of me. And it gives me that beautiful opportunity to just, just praise the Lord and just, just remember that He is on the throne and thank Him for, for all He's done in my life. And, and it's just an opportunity to remember that, that, you know, my life is in Him. My life is in Christ. <clears throat> as we spend time with the Lord, as we, as we are in His Word, meditating on His Word, praying, fellowshipping, I mean, it gives us that, that renewed, renewed perspective that he wants us to have. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since you were called to peace. Our lives should be dominated by a pattern from above. We need to, we need to get on our desk and let that new perspective in Christ happen in our lives. We are also protected in Christ. We have protection in Christ. Verse 3 says, For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Paul again is stressing this point that we have died and we have risen. We have died and risen. But now he's added that we are hidden in Christ. And that word hidden is, has, has a, couple, a couple meanings for us. Our eternal life is a precious jewel. It's like hidden treasure in him. And, and we're safe with him. The other meaning is, is that, that there's going to be a point in time that, that our, our new bodies, our new selves, and we'll talk about this in a minute, will be revealed. So they're hidden in Christ right now. Jesus told us in John 10, 27 and 28, he said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. That's the protection that we have. Those of us that have, that have made that decision, remember that intersection. We've been saved in Christ, and, have, and we have that blessed assurance. We are protected in his strong hand, and no one can take us away. Colossians 3.12 says, God chose us, and we are dearly loved. We have protection in Christ. Our last verse in this section shows our glory in Christ. Verse 4 says, When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Paul is talking about that blessed anticipation of the day that we will see Jesus Christ. Those of us that are in Christ will see him. I remember the times that I went to Disneyland and, and the long lines at Disneyland, I mean, I think it's synonymous, really. And on a, on a good day, I mean, the longs were really long. I mean, the lines were really long. Um, but one of the rides that came to my mind was Pirates of the Caribbean. And that anticipation that happens, when you get into this long line, 
And, you know, I guess as a child, I mean, time, it didn't mean anything. But, man, as an adult, I'm, I'm kind of weighing that, that, that time gratification thing. But, but you get in this long line, and you kind of wrap around and around. And then they, then they kind of bring you into a small courtyard. And you had that anticipation, I'm getting closer. And you're, and you're about ready to go into the building. And then you go into the building. And, and as you get closer, it gets a little bit darker. And there's, and there's kind of like a mist in the air. You can, you can feel that water that's going on on the ride. And that anticipation gets more and more. And then you get closer and you can, and you can actually hear the pirates, you know, yo, ho, 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 you know. And, and, and so you're just like, oh, man, this, we're, we're almost there. And then you get closer and you hear all the people screaming, ah, because they're going down on the, uh, the, the, the little boat. And then three hours later, you, you step into the boat. And <laughs> but, but, but isn't that what Paul is telling us to be anticipating that day, that day? I've got a couple of verses I want to share with you that really kind of brings that to light. The first one is 1 Thessalonians 4.17. And it goes on to say, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, I had to remember to say archangel. I kept on saying archangel. And Bar goes, it's not an archangel, it's an archangel. So with an archangel. And with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. This verse is clearly telling us that, that this is the revealing that Paul is telling us in, in, in the Colossians passage, that, that we're going to see our Lord and Savior face to face for the first time <clears throat> in all his glory. The second passage is 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 and 52. And it says, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. And this is talking about that revealing that will, will happen to us. Remember, we were hidden before and now we're being revealed. We'll be revealed in, 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 in different bodies and in, in glory. Romans eight seventeen says, Fellow heirs with Christ, that we may be also glorified with him. So let's, let's just talk for a moment and close up with, with what it will mean to be in glory. What, is it, what does it look like? Right now I'm thinking full head of hair. I'm like, you know. You know but, but, but being in glory means that we're, we're going to be in that, that, that perfect place. Our bodies will be perfect in every sense of the word. So obviously I need to, you know, increase that view in terms of the hair thing. Um, that day is coming. That day is coming when, when we're going to have complete victory over death. Remember that death that, that, that was, was really placed upon us by Adam and Eve. That's going to be gone. That's going to be gone. But in Christ, we're going to experience perfect resurrected bodies. I mean, they're going to be just, just like Jesus has. And, and as we, as we, Perhaps ponder that. We think about it. We get our heads around that. What, what God's word is telling us. He's telling us that there's going to be no more pain. You know, 
Every week we update our prayer lists. And, and I, I, I encourage you to grab one of the prayer lists every week. On the counter, on the, on the far left corner, is a prayer list that, that Carol updates every week. And as you go through that list, you see how many people are hurting, how many people are dealing with, with physical, financial, emotional troubles. And what God is telling us here, that there's no more pain. There's, there's no more of that. There's no more tears. There's no more sorrow. Simply defined, simply defined, being glorified is, is really the, the last step, the last step of, of being in Christ. And we're back in full relationship with God. And, and when I talk about a full relationship with God, we have, as believers, that, that spiritual connection with God through Christ. We have that spiritual connection. But what's t- being talked about here is we'll also have that, that physical connection with God. We're, we're going to be there with Him. So it's not just spiritual, but it's also physical. And when it comes down to it, what's going to happen is we're going to have that that relationship with God that he had designed originally in the Garden of Eden. So in conclusion, God's in crowd. We have glory in Christ. We're going to see him soon. We have protection in Christ. We are in, in the hands of Jesus. He's going to protect us. We should have a new perspective in Christ. Things are, things are different. We should look at him differently. And we've been raised in Christ. We've been raised in Christ. You know, it really comes down to what you do with, with his son, what you do with Jesus, doesn't it? Jesus himself told us in John, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, and no one comes to the Father except by him. So let's go back to that, that first graphic of the, the velvet rope. As believers, we have all those things in Christ. But it also begs the question, it begs the question, are you in? Are you you in God's in crowd? Are you in Christ? That's that's the question that, that, that has to be asked. 1 John 5, 11 and 12 says, and this is the testimony, God has given us eternal life And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. And so, if God has been speaking to your heart right now, and you've been thinking, yeah, this in Christ thing, I'm not sure. I'm not not really sure. Or perhaps maybe you made a profession at one time, and and you've you've kind of, things have gone on in your life, and you've maybe fallen away, and, and you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that this this morning. You know, God said, today is the day. So I'd like everyone to stand. And as as I close in prayer, as I close in prayer, as, as, as our eyes are going to be closed and our heads are going to be bowed, what I want you to do, if Lord is, if the Lord has been tugging on your heart and has been telling you, look, you're not really in me. Or you have a question of whether or not you're in Christ. I want you just to kind of slip out of your seat and come on down here. So please pray with me.
Heavenly Father, we are so blessed, so blessed, so so privileged that you gave us your Son. Lord, that it is, it is only in your Son that we're able to even come before you right now. Lord, that we have all the things that, that are put to our credit in you. We have protection. We have a new perspective. Lord, we will have glorified bodies in you. Lord, we just need to remember that that you are with your Father on the throne. And so when this life is weighing heavy upon us, Lord, that we would remember that and we would look up to you because we know that that's where our deliverance comes. That's where our hope comes. That's where our peace comes. So Lord, we pray this in, in your Son's name, Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I just want to close by saying may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. May the love of God and the joy and the Holy Spirit be with you through the balance of this week. Thank you very much.